What's up, Pat? What up? Here we hey, are. Hey, man. We I'm so it. glad you're, yeah, man. I'm so glad you're uh, taking the time out to hang out for a little bit. So you're coming to us from your your home studio? Yeah, well, yeah. I got a little writing, a little music room in my house. And, um, you know, don't be fooled. This is where I quit every other day. <laughs> I sit yeah. at the piano, you know, yeah. things don't go as planned. And then you're you know, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So do you go in there every day, Pat? Yeah, I do. Um, like I'll, you know, I'm not necessarily, it's always, it's not necessarily always four hours at a piano, but I try every single day to sit down and, and just yeah. do something, whether it's, yeah. you know, comb through some notes maybe from previous yeah. days or just sit down and play a melody and, yeah. You know, sing to God what's been happening that day. It's been on my mind yeah. and my heart. And, and you know, it's funny, like songwriting started started to really change for me when I realized that songwriting wasn't just m- my time at a piano or sitting with a guitar with a pen and paper yeah. out. I just started like paying attention to my to my day, to my life, whatever was going on. And so all throughout the day, if something like catches my ear or my heart or to have a, just a thought, I'm, I'm writing constantly down in my, the notes of my phone. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So even that, like, even if it's not like in this room, that, that is a practice of mine to like, Hey, if, if I go through the day yeah. and I feel something or, you know, for some reason, something sticks out to me, I just make sure yeah. I write it down and think about it. And, and that, when I started including that and counting that as part of songwriting, just like being awake and aware to the things that are stirring yeah. me throughout the day and, and, you know, things I'm thinking about, um, it took the pressure off just like, okay, I'm here for an hour at a piano. <laughs> you know, you're mm-hmm. kind of just going through the day, like, yeah. yeah. Awake and, and, you know, you love that to God a lot, which is cool. Do you, so you obviously write with people like you do co-writes. Do you yeah. often write alone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, um, you know, as much as I love writing with people, like I, I do think it is important to sit down and make sure, you know, I'm if there's an idea that I'm sitting with, yeah, you know, I, I love to 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 as a practice trying to like flesh yeah. that idea out. But yeah. I mean, there's just no no replacing the magic of being in a room with people that yeah. you love and respect, and and you don't just get like your best idea, you get like our best idea. Yeah, collective <laughs> and, best idea. Yeah, totally. And then, regardless of whether that song gets used for a project or any or anything, like you, yeah. there's a, there's a communal experience in that that is just. Um, I don't know. It just feels really important and yeah. it forces vulnerability in front of other people as well, mm-hmm. which is, I think a really great um, thing for a leader to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I know I've, I've done co-writing before and there is nothing like it, but there is something too. I just, I do like writing alone because, or at least to start, because then you really can just like do like a complete heart dump. It feels like with no, any sort of weird pressure at all. And then bringing that idea to a group of people and being like, all right, make this like better. But then you have to really just release it though. You have to like give it up. Like here's this 
baby, like, you know, I burst and now you guys just tear it, <laughs> yeah. up, tear it apart. You raise it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. You raise it. <laughs> so I see that piano behind you. Do you, are you classically trained on a piano? Like, is that, oh, is that an instrument that you were trained no. on playing? No way. <laughs> I literally in the, I'm the worst piano player you've ever heard. But yeah. a few years ago, does it transpose? Is there a transpose button? On it? I'd pay. They could name their price. If they could transpose it, actually, yeah. I um I started teaching myself like I don't know seven years ago or something with like post-it notes, yeah, like natural number system style. So I started in C. I can play C, G, D, A. Yeah, you know. But what I like about it because I'm not proficient at it, it does force me into like. Um, yeah, there's a simplicity to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes y'all sit to play guitar, you end up playing the same voicing the same way. And yeah. just kind of, like, we'll just kind of jar you out of the, uh, out of your normal, um, mm-hmm. some of those like ruts and, and, um, yeah. reflexes sometimes we have when we sit down to, to write and play music. So totally, that's why I like Man, it. it. just gets me out of my, out of my norm. I am the exact same way. I usually play guitar. But when I songwrite, I almost always songwrite from a piano because it just yeah. like, and I'm not a piano player. I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't read sheet music at all, but oh, I can do I chords can. and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it does, it forces you to like, you just come up with new melody, like new melodies and things you wouldn't do just, you know, yeah. on the guitar playing the same chords you always play. Yeah. So I agree. Well, anyways, I was not planning on asking those questions, but so, <laughs> all right, Pat. Give us a little bit of a glimpse of like how you started leading worship. Was it in middle school like every other worship leader out there? Is that what it is? Middle school, everyone says it? I feel like every person I ask, how did you start leading worship? They say, oh, yeah, in my church youth group. Well, there it is, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Well, right, okay. I just I just shared your whole story for you. No. Well, my dad's church growing up, so I, I grew up in a really small, non-denominational church, and I was terrified of my own voice until I was in ninth grade. I was a freshman in high school, and um, you know, never really. Like I played in garage bands and stuff, but like singing into a mic full volume, yeah, I was terrified of that. And so my my friends actually, my friend went to just like a bigger church with a lot more kids in their youth group, and they had a youth praise band, and I was asked yeah. to play drums for it. You do not want me playing drums for any anything <laughs> you got, trust me. But um, I started playing drums in this in as a ninth grader in this youth praise That's band awesome. at a different church. And um yeah, I think there's always a I always loved music. Growing up in church, the most live music I ever heard was in a sanctuary with people singing yeah. something they really believed, you know. And I know that that experience I don't think I, I still fully know how much it it was it was shaping for me, but um, you know, around my sophomore year of high school or something like that, I had even though I was grow, I grew up in church, I, I had my own encounter with God for the and for the first time decided for myself like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna be yeah. a follower of Jesus and I'm not living off my parents' faith. <laughs> 
um, I'm making a decision for myself. And, yeah. and it was, it was after I, I read the, um, I yeah. read the message, the, the Eugene paraphrase of the Bible, Eugene Peterson. And it was like mm-hmm. the first time I heard it was like an ax, you know, I, can't, I say this sometimes cause I don't know of another way to explain it. It's like an ax when they were, they came out of the room speaking in tongues, people around them said, yeah. we're hearing the wonders of God in our own language. Yeah. And that's what it felt like for me. I was like, okay, as a high schooler, all of a sudden I'm reading words that I've heard my whole life, but they were finally in my own language. And my, just felt like my eyes were opened and my heart opened up and we started leading worship at our high school FCA. Yeah. Just like a place we could serve in our school and, um, yeah, played at crew and at the university of Georgia when I went to college. Yeah. Just started writing that was really, it was really probably in high school, early on in high school when when we started writing songs and just, which was just opening to Psalms and just singing those. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. That was kind of the beginnings for me of leading worship. And um, yeah. I feel like I've been doing the same thing now at, yeah. you know, 39 that I, yeah, that I started when I was 16. There's something I'm a PK too, pastor's kid from, uh, I could tell, my dad I was, could tell you look like you got a little attitude problem. Yeah, <laughs> totally, man. Totally. So I grew up in the vineyard church movement. My dad was a pastor and uh, I just like you, man. I just remember, you know, being a four-year-old hanging out, laying underneath the church chairs, listening to worship music constantly, like my whole life. And it's amazing how deeply ingrained it is into you. Um, and, and the um it's amazing to me the number of worship pastors that were pks yeah. it's just something it's like a it's like a language it's yeah. uh it's like a spirit song that's so like deeply ingrained in us you know that i don't know i just think it's special i always like asking that question and it's interesting though because the answers are often very very similar <laughs> and uh what was there someone that really inspired you like what was a worship leader that you looked up to a lot in that season? Like when you look back to like your high school days, when you were leading worship at FCA, like easy, Chris Tomlin. (laughs) Yeah. He, well, and and also I'm, I grew up in Atlanta. So the whole, I mean, the passion movement, but I'm thinking back to just specifically high school. Yeah. You know, that would have been, I graduated to high school, 2003. What is that? 99, 2000. Like that was, we, yeah. Anytime those albums came out, those passion records or one of they were huge. Oh, it was the soundtrack to yeah to my communion with God. Yeah, yeah, and obviously so many others as well. Like yeah, uh, I. But yeah, there's always I remember that. Oh, I remember the the albums. I remember what I felt like the days those yeah. came out. How much I looked forward to them just because it was like okay. It, mm-hmm never heard anything like this before yeah yeah and it's so was nothing like it to my life even now yeah 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 and isn't it i bet it's got to be kind of surreal to then now be the person releasing that music you know because the music you're releasing is the soundtrack for some other pk or not just pks but like just anybody but like there's some other pastor's kid man who's like 16 years old leading worship with their church youth group and now 
they're like, oh, Pat Barrett, you know, like his new album, you know, Shelter, or, you know, just still jamming, you know, the way. I think that's got to be a surreal feeling. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't really thought about it that much, to be honest, but I've had a couple people come up to me and just be like, oh, man, it's so awesome, dude. I grew up on you. I'm like, wait, 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 yeah. how old are you? <laughs> you grew up? Like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. So I, 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 but I know that I know that feeling when like mm-hmm. there's some stage of your life that was really yeah. important where you felt like you know maybe the path split and you made a choice. Yeah. And there's yeah. always like songs and music that instantly take you like right back yeah. to that moment. Yeah. Right. You know? I know. Well, so speaking of those songs, what's a song in general? It doesn't have to be as one that you wrote. It could be one you wrote. That's fine. Or just any song right now that's like really stirring and moving you. And I'll start by just saying that like there's a song right now that's so old, but it reminds me back of my old vineyard days. I don't know if you remember this, Pat. It's uh the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies. Yeah. 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 Man just oh, so sweet song. and simple that song has really been like stirring my heart right now is there one for you right now that just been coming back to you yeah yeah i mean i can i can think of several um gosh a new one that i just i love so much is bless god on brooks yeah that's you such know, a good album such a good song. song um and then yeah. some songs are like in my all time there is no one else for me, not yeah. Jesus. That's my all-time favorite. Oh, is it? Oh, man. see, yeah. it's it's like the bridge, I mean, man, is insane. Oh my delight, oh, yeah. In you. yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm it's, sorry, it's... God. <laughs> I, yeah, like I, I, that song is just any. That'll stop me anytime it comes on. Anytime. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, that is so good. All right, so you released your first solo album as Pat Barrett in 2018, which can you believe it? It's been that's like five years ago. How have no. you seen worship music change in the past five years? Yeah, I past five years. So in general, I mean, over time, like it seems like different waves of music and even yeah, influences you know, coming in now. Yeah. Where do you think we are like right now? Like, where do you think we are right now with like worship music? You know, I think some of the best songs I've heard in years are all out right now. Um, Just, yeah, I think I'm always amazed at like, it feels like the quantity in quality yeah. of writing has like yeah. intensified. <laughs> yeah. And how is that possible? I know. I know. And really, you know, and I also know that at the same time, you know, just because people write, you know, I write plenty of songs. I hope no one ever hears. I'm not saying anytime you write a song is good, but I, I do feel like right in general writing like more churches than I've ever seen are writing their own songs for their own communities. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I love that. Because yeah, I was a worship pastor for almost ten years, and it was just a um, it was a value for our community 
to make sure that we're singing songs that were written in our in our yeah little local expression you know for your church yeah and i think what it does is it it makes you just lean in um makes you lean into what you feel like god's saying in your community you know for that specific time and it also just starts to stir more creativity which i always loved so mm -hmm. um i think that's a big change i think and i think it's really cool i think it i think it's Im important yeah if uh i think it's important whether you think you're a writer or not to write yeah and as a as a worship leader and you know what better way to sharpen your and, and participate in the formation of, of what God's called you to then learning how to express and say what you really feel in ways that connect with you and connect with other people. Cause yeah. sometimes matters of the heart are really hard to talk about mm -hmm. by nature. It's not like words don't ever do experiences justice. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's all better yeah. to experience. And so like, yeah, being able to help, unlock you know or give people permission to unlock their heart and 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 yeah. um and model that i think it's a really i think it's a really amazing practice and skill to engage in whether you you're putting out albums or not it's regardless learning yeah express and share the things that are really deep and hard to talk about yeah um, right end up really powerful for people yeah whether you're good at it or not yeah i love that thought man i've actually that's I really love that um, because I was thinking as you were talking about it, I was thinking about, you know, like there's prayers that you could read, you know, through a liturgy, like you could pull up like an old liturgy book and like read a prayer and they're beautiful prayers that someone wrote. But like at some point you got to like make your own prayer and you need to like pray to God, like what it is that is on your heart and where the yeah. spirit is, is pulling you. And I see that with like songs. Like I could play a Pat Barrett song, which is a great song. Um, but at some point too, I, I should try singing my own song, you know, right. like my own prayer. Yeah. And man, I do love that encouragement for every worship leader. Cause I think a lot of worship leaders are like, I can't write, you know, I, that's, that's like for other people. But I think it's something that's good practice, something to put to practice. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> tell us, yeah, <laughs> tell us about your album. You got Shelter. Oh, my album, yes. Last month. Shelter. Tell us about it. Like what? It's out. Yeah. What do we need I, to know? What do you need to know? So the that song, Shelter, like the title track of it, is written yeah. out of Psalm 46. You know, God is our refuge and strength. Yeah. And anytime I go into an album, I'm not necessarily like – thinking thematically and then writing towards that. I'm just writing whatever's, I mean, the same way we already talked about songwriting. You're just sitting down at the piano and sharing what you're yeah. going through and using music to help find communion in whatever life looks like. Yeah. yeah. And these have been the songs over the last year and a half, two years that have, you know, brought awareness and helped facilitate communion and worship yeah. in, uh, in my own life and heart. And I think I loved calling it shelter because that that psalm is about uh life falling apart 
Yeah. And in the middle of things shaking and even like in the Psalm, it's like there's wars. There's in the middle of all that to remember that God, God is our refuge and our, he's our, he's our shelter. And he's actually been one for a long time for a lot of people. And things like that help remind me that I'm not a part of some new thing. I'm a part of a really old thing. And there's generations that have gone before me that have sung the song and lived, you know, faithful lives and discipleship to Jesus. And, you know, I don't want to just think of my life and my time and this current expression. I want to remember, like, I'm a part of something that's been going on for a long time, way before I got here. Yeah. be going on long after I'm gone. And when I sing songs like that and remember not only where we've come from, but it just, yeah, you, you find, you find this like solidarity with the communion of saints, but also like, okay, God, like I, I know you've been at this for a long time <laughs> and my problems and the things I'm experiencing are not a surprise to you are new to you. Um, yeah. Finding a place of worship and connection there, I think is just good news. Yeah. And there's something humbling about that thought. Like this has been going on for a long time, but also very comforting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's not some new thing. It's not like some new invention. Right. Like God's been faithful for a long, long time. I'll tell you my favorite song from the album is every good thing. Yes. Why, why, why that one? I just, honestly, it just really hits me personally. I just feel like that's a song I want to sing that everything good in my life does like come from God. And that's a, that's what I want to be singing. That like makes me want to worship God. Um, I don't know that, that just struck me. I actually, uh, I released an EP this past February and one of the songs on my EP had was a song called, um, I don't know what it's called, but there's a lyric in it that says, um, <laughs> Man, I'm not really, I'm not really good at remembering feeling. lyrics. Right now. I know this feeling. I'm not, bro. Um, a father gives good gifts to his children was the mm-hmm. whole theme of like the song. A father gives good gifts. And uh, when I heard your song, Every Good Thing, I'm like, man, it's just so true. Like, we have so many reasons to worship God because of like every good thing. There's so many good things <laughs> so in our many. lives. And so. I love that song. Who, who'd you write that with? I wrote that with Ethan Hulse and Jonathan Smith. Yeah. And I yeah, love that song. I love it. So it, just, it just reminds me of like the, um, you know, I feel like Psalm 100 may be the most quoted psalm in all of Christendom on a Sunday. And there's just yeah. gates of Thanksgiving as courts with praise. But like the the doorway into the courts of praise is thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Like when you of all the things that you know to start there is so simple, and then it's like miraculously powerful when you are yeah. grateful and thankful for your life. Like Meg yeah. and I with our kids when we when we sit down to whatever, like pray for bed or pray for a meal. Like all of them are thank yous. That's how I taught my kids to pray. Yeah. 
um, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Yeah. Thank you for this. Like, yeah. What a great way to, uh, to enter into like a place of praise, you know, also Jesus totally. taught us how to pray. I'm just like, I know that when there's thankfulness and, um, gratefulness in the mix, worship, worship just comes easy, easier. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's definitely a good place to start. Yeah. Um, well, everybody go get, listen to the music. If you have not, it's on Apple music, Spotify. Uh, we also have all the tracks at loop community. So make sure you go get those. Get those. Um, Pat, if you were sitting down with like a younger, let's kind of go back to the teenage theme of like a 16 year old kid. If you had coffee right now with a 16 year old kid, who wants to be a songwriter, worship leader? Is there something you'd go back, you, you'd like want to inspire into them? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, first off, I admire any, any young worship leader who's like learning to lead worship with cameras. And I mean, yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. That's not even like a realistic thought. When I go back, I'm like, I would have never put myself no. out there if it For was sure. like being broadcasted to the yeah. Yeah. Like your third time ever leading worship and now suddenly it's like Oh man, ends up yeah, on worship just, Man, that's such a good point. That, that never, never been I started. No, that was never a thing. So wow. anyways, that's one that's one thing. Yeah. But I I think what wow. I I would tell others there's a few things. Let it be a real offering to God. Your worship. Like you don't <clears throat> if it's an offering, it doesn't need to do anything for you. It doesn't mean anything for your career. Doesn't mean it mean anything for your like dreams and aspirations for your vocational professional life. It's about communion and gratefulness to God. Mm, yeah, and you cultivate that away from people. And so I would encourage every every single worship leader the same thing I encourage myself all the time which is when you pray, don't stand on a stage with the lights on, being simulcasted to everyone. That's not where we really pray. Yeah. You pray when no one's looking. Yeah. And you find communion with God when there's nothing you can gain from it besides mm -hmm. just being more in love and um, in worship and yeah connection to god so i i i i find the you know i really think it's the current state of affairs is is really there's a weird catch 22 about it cuz you want people to experience you know the love of god as many people as we can you know yeah and I think sometimes our desire to serve God and 
can, you know, sometimes take the, the steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. just forget, like, actually when the thing God cares about is, is what's done in secret. No one thinking, uh, the time, the prayers, the um, awareness when no one else is around. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our culture is very celebratory of, of Christian leaders that we look up to. And you don't have to look far to feel the disappointment that happens when our uh, our admiration of someone bleeds into like celebrityism, uh-huh. and then we find the inevitable disappointment that um, you know that when they're... you're when you're founding God and He's the highest point of attention. There's not there's not let down there. There may be things in life that don't, you know that don't shake out the way you thought they would, but the faithfulness of God yeah. isn't, isn't one of those. So I yeah. would tell, I would tell every young <laughs> worship leader, stay in love with God. Like let the, let 99% of your worship and connection to God happen when no one else is looking. Mm-hmm. And that way, when you're, when you are around people, you don't need their affirmation or their attention or their celebration of you to feel validated and um, used by them. Yeah. You know, to circle it back to songwriting, that's also another special thing about songwriting is that you don't typically write songs on stage in front of 300 people live streamed. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank thank God. A thing you could do, you know, in your prayer closet is, is write songs. And yeah, well, it's about being honest when no one's around and, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying all that. I do have like a, probably a, I, I pray and I'm, a, I'm painfully aware that I'm doing the one thing vocationally that Jesus was like, be careful. Yeah. Don't, don't practice your yeah. religion to be seen by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I just know that to be seen, it's like, it's like Jesus knew that, one day yeah. this would continually be the most pressing issue for um, our relationship to God and community with other people is, you know, there may come a day when you, you're going to want to do something for God really to be seen by other people instead of making it an offering. Hmm. And so I just try to remind myself of that. And it's not like you're, you're always going to get things perfect, but the awareness of that tension and yeah. handing that to God and carrying yeah. your cross daily, you know, finding humility and obedience is is a consistent way to to be aware of it. Yeah, that's a good word, man. So, vocation wise, what what do you think you would be doing if you were not songwriter? If you were not a songwriter and not a worship leader, like, what do you think you'd do for a job? Bounty hunter. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> it would be fun. I don't know. I think I'd, uh, that's a great question. What I do know for sure is no matter what I do, music would always be, yeah. you know, some part of my life as a hobby that I just love. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I've always known that like music's not going anywhere. Maybe, yeah. you know, the job side of it, 
that can change, but sitting down and yeah, playing a song and singing at a piano, like that's that's what's so beautiful about it. Yeah. Do you write anything that's not um, like worship songs? Yeah. Yeah. I write it. I mean, I literally just write anything and everything. Anything. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. And sometimes I, I do also try, I try on albums to like include those songs or aspects of them. Yeah. Even though it can be a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. To the, to the listener. Yeah. Is he talking about God or his wife? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, but I, I think like there's a part of, of, for me being a songwriter that I love, of course I love writing congregational songs about Jesus and, mm -hmm. you know, incarnation and, and death and resurrection and yeah, of course. And then, but there's so many like places in scripture where it's not just singing directly that story. It's all the implications that has on our normal everyday lives. Like yeah. the way it impacts me as a parent and the way I'm, we're raising our kids and hoping, you know, the conversations we have around our dinner table and how does that affect worry and anxiousness about tomorrow? Like Jesus talked about all every aspect of life basically um, and invited us into communion with God there. And so I think, I think there isn't a topic off limits actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you got to share all those songs all the time. Sometimes there's settings where <laughs> yeah. not the right place, not the right time, but <laughs> as a songwriter, Oh no, every, every single topic theme aspect of life game. as a follower of Jesus is, is on the table and, and encouraged to be uh, engaged with. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Well, Pat, I am thankful for uh, all the songs you've written. Um, the the song "The Way" actually like really, uh, it impacted me. There was like a season in my life. There was like a six month period where that song was just like my anthem for that whole time, and I I just loved it. And it was it was often the song that I would grab my guitar behind me and just just play it, and then put the guitar down. And I just wanted to play that song. So I, I appreciate just like the gift you've given so many worship leaders and churches songs and prayers that they can sing. Thank you for that. And um, thanks for taking the time, just hanging out and talking. I'm glad to meet you finally. Yeah. So yeah, it's great to meet you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, ma'am. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, you guys, great conversation with Pat Barrett. Make sure you go check out his uh, new album, Shelter. Go wherever you listen to music. I'm sure you'll find it. We have all the tracks at loopcommunity.com. Check them out. Hit subscribe to stay um, updated for future Loop Live shows, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys, this is Matt McCoy. Thanks so much for tuning into today's podcast. We're trying to provide content that's really helpful and meaningful to you as a worship leader. So make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay tuned for more from Loop Community. Thank you.